This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Monday, April 25th, wherever and however you are connected Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside a man who has proven he has built Disneyland tough, Jerem Jordan. My wife yesterday was like telling some people, uh, yeah, I don't know if we're Disney people. And I was like, I think we are Disney people. I don't think we're crazy. Anyway, Jaron Hall uh, tweeted on Saturday because he was at Disneyland. You've got to be built different to last the full go around at Disney. Not sure what I'll do when my kids are old enough. I have to chase them around the park. All day. I want to know how many days Jaron Hall ventured around Disneyland. Was this a multi-day venture, or was this one day? And it depends what you want out of Disneyland. They have uh, they have uh, a little girl who's what one-ish, one ish, uh, or just one, as they say. Uh, no one calls a baby zero years old, by the way, which I think we should start doing. To me, that's fine. How old's your kid? Zero. You always say the months. Okay. I think you should say zero. <laughs> there, there is this idea within culture in the United States, at least, that until they're about two, you can typically you say, say the months. months. So yeah. Like they're one and a half, or oh, they're twenty months. Right. I, just if you're sub one, I want, I want to hear zero. That's How, never going to happen. Zero. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Um, depends what you want out of the Disney experience. To me, Disney's a two-day event. If you want to get to like every ride, that's a two-day. California Adventures, you can do one day. Universal Studios, you can do half a day. Okay. That, that's my take based on three weeks ago. See, we recently completed the three-day adventure at Disneyland, two yeah. days at Disneyland, one day at California yeah, Adventure. That, that's if you want to get to every ride. I don't want to go to every ride, though. I don't, I'm good. Chasing around four kids, I am highly recommending, if any of you are in that specific scenario, you take a day off between... Days two and three at the park. So maybe do two days in a row. Take a day off and rest. Oh, we did. We did. And then day, go. We did days off between the three. We were like, man, we I don't want to be on my feet that long. Yeah, Jeez. three days in a row, three parks, four kids. That's a lot. Unlimited that, memories. That, that is a lot. But respect to Jaron. He's learning, and he will continue to grow yeah. as his family grows. <laughs> yeah. When you, when you have a one-year-old, you're going for you. <laughs> You're not going for them. They don't know. They don't they truly enjoy that. It's somewhat know? magical for them. Yeah. Hey, you know what else is magical? The park. Tinkerbell. That's free 93. Ap- Listen, Tinkerbell approves of today's show lineup featuring the Uh-oh. magical, or maybe not so magical, idea of a massive Division I realignment in major college football. If it's a Power 5 separation from the rest, BYU surely in with the P5s, right? We'll discuss. ESPN College Football Insider Trevor Maddich gives us his opinion on that matter. And does he believe BYU football will be ranked in the AP preseason top 25? Plus, a new reason to enjoy the budding rivalry with Baylor and prime time for BYU and Notre Dame, which leads us to today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Kickoff time for BYU and Notre Dame at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas on October 8th. Set for 7.30 Eastern Time on NBC. This is a home game. It's part of the Shamrock Series for the Irish, who undoubtedly will have a great season, then lose a big-time bowl Now former BYU basketball forward Caleb Lohner has a new college hoops home 
in Waco, Texas. Loner joins national powerhouse Baylor, a future Big 12 opponent for BYU. More on that scenario in just a moment. Track and field wins 25 events at the Robinson Invitational, led by Ashton Reiner, who broke her own javelin record twice during the competition. The men won both the 4x100 and 4x400 relays on Saturday. The women's pole vault took the top three spots as well. BYU softball sweeps San Diego on the road, winning all three games over the weekend, including 7-4 and 11-0 wins on Saturday in a doubleheader. Hunter Ava hit her 11th home run of the season. She's tied with Violet Zavodnik for the most on the team there. BYU remains behind first place LMU. The Lions are 8-1 in league play. BYU has played fewer series, so the Cougars just 4-2. They need the Lions to lose two of their last six to feel comfortable about winning the league. After winning game one, the baseball team loses game two and three to San Diego, eight, three, and four, three. The Cougars host Utah Valley tomorrow. Women's golf and Anik Hutchkovich finished second at the West Coast Conference Championships. Anik, using the BYU Sports Nation karma, shot one under on the final day to finish solo second, right behind Pepperdine's Lauren Gomez. This marks Hutchkovich's second top four finish in a row. Men's golf won the 57th annual Ping Cougar Classic Saturday, going 12 under over the last eight holes past San Diego. Cougars are ranked 50th in the country, competing the West Coast Conference Championships in Vegas this weekend. Men's tennis loses to St. Mary's in California, 4-1. The Cougars play in the WCC Championship. It starts on Thursday. BYU's women's tennis team, on the other hand, beat St. Mary's 4-2 in Provo. They finished the regular season with an 11-4 record. NWSL News, Ashley Hatch scored a brace in the Washington Spirits draw with the North Carolina Courage. Former teammates uh, Michaela Coulihan and Cameron Tucker faced off as the Orlando Pride tied 1-1 with Gotham FC in the Challenge Cup finale. Paisley Harding played in her first preseason game with the WNBA's Seattle Storm. Eight minutes, she had a couple of rebounds. That's awesome, still on the team. She's uh, hoping to stick. And congrats to the men's lacrosse team who hosted and won the Rocky Mountain Lacrosse Championship, beating the Colorado Buffaloes 15-4 Saturday. Five Cougars were named to the All-Conference first game. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. Baylor bound. Caleb Lohner announces on his social media accounts that he will compete for national powerhouse Baylor out of the Big 12, which has us thinking about a number of things, including this question. Is Caleb Lohner opting for Baylor better or worse than him going to Utah and following assistant coach Chris Burgess? Well, it's, it's, uh, I think it's better because, you know, of all the schools I would prefer Loner not play for, it's Utah, but who am I? Whatever, he can do whatever he wants. Um, in terms of the fit for him, uh, at Utah, he, I, I think he had a real good chance to start. At Baylor, he's probably coming off the bench given how good Baylor is. But uh, Texas kid probably loves Dr. Pepper. Probably loves Magnolia Lanes. Uh, probably loves Target. Um, so he's headed to Waco, and uh, he's going to have some fun with the team that's going to compete at a really high level. So good for Caleb, and we will see him in two years in the Big 12, bro. I'm excited for Caleb, and I told him as much when I communicated with him over the weekend. I'm happy for him. He seems uh, ready for a new start. And again, we don't know what his role is going to be, but I, I look forward to the idea of BYU playing Baylor and Caleb Lohner in two years. I think I think that would be a lot of fun. And I don't – I mean, I, I know that there are some BYU fans that are going to feel salty about this. It's like, well, why didn't you stick it out? Like, it, it's his decision to make. He made it. And, yeah, frankly, it, sure. it's a great scenario for him. 
Like, did Caleb Lohner just get himself into a scenario where he's going to win a national championship? Perhaps. Baylor's that caliber of team year in and year out. Scott Drew's an incredible head coach. Clearly, they see something in Caleb and the ability to develop him further there. So I'm happy for him. And as far as it pertains to him going to Utah, uh, to me, this is way better than Caleb ending you, up at the University of Utah. Then you have you you're not making the NCAA tournament. You know, Utah's not a good basketball program right now. They've they're on had, they're on their way. Craig Smith's a good coach, but they're probably a few years away. Yeah, hopefully they lose every game. Um, you know, for the rest of time. But uh, yeah, L- Loner is uh, at Baylor, so we'll we'll see you soon, bro. Let's go. The emotions tied to Caleb Loner are already like BYU fans wanted him to stay. He didn't, but going to Baylor. Definitely softens the blow. If he had ended up at Utah, then he gets even more salty. Sure. No, I get it. And we've not had a ton of guys go the other direction, right? We've had Utah guys come down to BYU and we're like, oh, this is great. Well, yeah, there's a lot of emotions there uh, for both sides. So all good, man. Uh, so, yeah, Caleb can do whatever he wants. Sometimes I think we value agency only on Sundays when we're in Sunday school talking about the pre-mortal existence and the plan. Of- Caleb Loner can go wherever he wants, do whatever he wants. Good for him. Yeah, whatever. I'm excited. I'm legitimately Great. excited for him. And even if he had gone to Utah, while that would have been disappointing, it's like ah, I don't like that. Like I'm happy I that Caleb averages happy. 28 a game on a team that loses every game. <laughs> that's what I would have hoped, right? Because <laughs> that's what I wish for Fred Warner. I want him to be first team All Pro on a team that loses every game. Wow. With the Niners. Yeah. It, think about it. I mean, Devin Cavusi, <laughs> Francis Bernard, those guys come to mind. Yeah. Speaking of recent they've guys a, to leave BYU couple, and go to Utah, but not. We, it feels like we have had way more. Just way more come down this direction. Yeah, it feels like. But, yeah, okay, good stuff. So good luck to uh, Good Caleb. luck to Caleb. Now he can, like, grow a beard and stuff and, like, get that longer hair, you know? Yeah, will, will that it, he will had he in high school. Will he grow it out? Will he grow it out? Topic two. Saturday, an article came out in Sports Illustrated quoting Notre Dame Athletic Director Jack Swarbrick calling a Division One realignment or breakup inevitable and targeted the mid-2030s as the target dates. What do you think of this, and where does BYU fit in this? Listen, Jack Swarbrick is the top tier of athletic directors in college sports. Did he win National Athletic Director last year? No. <laughs> it was Tom that Homo. Was Thomas Homo. Jack Swarbrick and Tom Homo have a nice relationship. Um, I, we're bringing this up because we feel like his opinion does carry some weight because of where he of is it's and what he's done, yeah. right? So I, I, I'm intrigued by his opinion. I think it's a little bit dramatic to say that it's inevitable. Like, <laughs> what are you, Thanos? Like a Division One realignment and breakup is inevitable. And then he even targeted like a specific time frame, saying twenty, like mid twenty thirties. Well, here's why: TV contracts. Sure, okay. Yeah. Does he know something? Has he been in like behind the scenes meetings with TV contracts and people at major networks saying, "Hey"? We're thinking about doing something like this well, in the mid 2030s. Not the networks, but certainly the ADs around the country, like and commissioners. Yeah. So absolutely. I, I, I think it's again dramatic to call it inevitable, but naturally I'm thinking, okay, Jack Swarbrick knows something. If he's targeting a certain time frame and saying it's inevitable, he's talked to somebody that has power to make this thing actually move, and that brings me concern because then. It's like, well, where does BYU fit into this? BYU just got the invitation into a Power 5 conference. They're going to fully integrate July 1st of 2023. That's fantastic. So then they'll have a decade and maybe be on the outside again. 
Like, what does the separation mean? Is it all power fives? Is it 66 teams breaking away from the rest of FBS? Or is it just like the top teams, the top six teams in each of the power five conferences make up a 30-team superpower conference and BYU, if they're not one of those top 30 teams, they're on the outside looking in again. Pat Forty identifies Division One mainly in the article, but uh, also they talk about the Power Two because of the biggest TV contracts being the SEC and the Big Ten. So, yeah, it's it's hard to know exactly what this means, but if Jack, Swar- Jack Swarbrook is one of, one of the most influential people in the game, of course he's having these conversations, yes, with commissioners of leagues, with uh, he's he's with friggin' Notre Dame. I know. Yeah, absolutely. So he's telling us what's coming. There's a seership element to this of what he sees in this game. So do you feel like it's inevitable? Do you buy into if that? If he tells me it is, totally. Man, because he's not Tulsa's AD or Louisiana Tech or even Kentucky's. He's Notre Dame's. But AD. your rule is one guy. It's one guy. Yes, but in this, well, what's my rule? One guy saying one thing except for you two tell people. Me. Okay. Joseph Smith and Moses. Okay. And guess what? <laughs> Notre Dame is like Moses in college football. A I got to hear it from somebody else. Who's been here for a long time. Who else do you want to hear from? Uh, somebody. An SEC or Big Ten? Yes, absolutely. Somebody that's Notre in Dame a conference. In college football is they're as. not even in a conference. Because they're so powerful. They don't need one. But if like, they're going to break off with conferences, I got to hear from Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, or somebody of prominence. Notre in the Big Dame Ten. is completely autonomous and ready to rock in this. Those that's, others that's why have I have to wait right. for their TV. That's contract. why I question it's inevitable because they, those other conferences, have to wait. Well, he's saying when they're ready, we're ready. To me, hmm. like, like let's go. Because well, here's the thing too: if it's D one, there's a lot of D one schools. You forget Weber State's D one, Southern Utah. Dixon, you know FCS. what I mean? Yes. It's it's uh are we talking about FBS football? Are we talking about power five within that? There's a lot of conversations there. The hope, obviously, with BYU is that okay, starting next year, BYU's on the in crowd, finally got into the club, showed the ID, walked in, and it's not McLovin's ID, it's an actual ID, which is awesome for the Power Five and the Big Twelve. Now BYU's in. If there's any kind of breakaway, can they stay in the in, whatever that means? In this article, there's some really interesting stuff. I want to read a, a, a quote here. So Pat Forty writes it from Sports Illustrated. Should the schism come, Notre Dame would be among those that still tied its athletics to the educational mission of the school and answered to its president and academic administration. Others could essentially be spun off while retaining the school name and branding, a theoretical example, not proffered by Swarbrick, Oregon Ducks Athletics, Inc. Could athletic departments just be their own thing that still maintain the name, image, and likeness, if you will. Do the students not of, even go to school at of, that point? Of that school, and then they compete. Like, essentially, at certain schools, that's the case. That's not here. Academic, Like, the administration and the academics have a heavy hand in BYU athletics still. Sometimes I feel like it's almost too heavy. I wish athletics could just, like, run its own thing without some of the red tape associated with getting permission from certain spaces. Because it's tied to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter- Latter-day Saints, Salt Lake has a heavy influence on it as well. So there's a lot of, um, you know, conversation for athletics to move in a certain direction. The hope is that it continues to be a really positive experience. Everyone uh, loves what's going on here. I just wish certain things happen a little quicker. Will other schools have any kind of break-off like that? Like, 
when you think Alabama, I ain't thinking about classrooms. I'm just thinking about Nick Saban and football winning. You know what I mean? And doing what they need to do to compete and win. Is Alabama that is a heavy, another level? Are they a, are they a heavy institution into academics though? I don't know or care. Like I, as a fan of college football, I just want to watch competitive games, great great football, and and I'm I'm not super concerned about the GPA of the team or what degrees they offer per se. That's just me, though, as a general college football fan. Okay. Our question of the day. If there is any future breakaway in college sports, do you feel BYU will be a part of it as a soon-to-be Power 5 school, meaning they'll be on the right side and not on the outside looking in? Let's hear from you. Who's on the right side who? Hopefully Brigham. In Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Jonathan Hawkinson on Twitter answers, BYU will be part of a future breakaway in college sports as BYU has long been seen as a Power 5 school without officially being in a Power 5 conference. BYU has elite athletic teams and a worldwide following, so it would be a huge mistake if they weren't included in a future breakaway. Hashtag BYUSN. How lucrative is BYU when you divide whatever it is the schism will separate the groups into? Okay, so well, if it's and what like, does that look like? Is is it be, because in the article he talks about how there are certain schools and certain conferences that wish they could leave their leagues? That's interesting to me. I'm sure there are. Like, you, yeah, I'm like, not surprised by that at all. Yes, and and what does that mean? Because like, if you're Arizona and Vanderbilt, you're the least of these, my brethren, if you will, in the Power Five conversation, which will now expand to what 70 teams with the four from the Big Twelve that will come in that aren't Power Five. So, yeah, that's interesting, man. Hope, I, I feel like, uh, you know, BYU will at least be on the cusp, barely out, if not, if not in. Yeah, Hopefully how, in, bro. How many teams? How many teams are we what talking exactly about? What exactly are we talking what about? What is the superpower yes. group? And March Madness is so big. I, never, I don't see that ever going away. No, that's the no, – totally And that includes – Yeah. Well, so, yeah, how does it work? Is it football only then? Has to be. Like, football drives the most maybe money. Maybe like, that's why it makes sense it would be football only. Maybe. There's March Madness, and then there's football. And now you kill a lot of basketball program. Well, yeah, it's it's tricky. Gonzaga's like, basketball, <laughs> let's go. Coming up, which BYU athlete would make the best BYU basketball security guard? And ESPN's Trevor Maddich on the future of BYU football as it pertains to a inevitable separation within college football. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Baseball hosts Utah Valley tomorrow in Miller Park. Cougars 33-9 all-time versus the Wolverines. Watch the game on the BYU TV app or listen on the BYU radio app at 8 Eastern time. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside Jerem Jordan. Joining us now, and it's been a while, for a Maddich Monday is ESPN college football insider and expert Trevor Maddich, who is looking very, very dapper. Beard. Trevor, you got the off-season beard going. Compliments to you on that. Well, my wife likes it. I told her that she is the owner and the operator of this beard, so it's all up to her. <laughs> but I don't know. What do you guys think? Should I keep it? Heck yeah, dude. You, you, don't, you don't have the honor code office telling you you can't. I'm a fan. <laughs> I, I'm a fan. Okay. Listen, I'm excited about this, though, because at BYU, I got too big for my britches my freshman year and tried to grow a little mustache, and it was weak and pathetic. And Lavelle Edwards one day called me into his office, and he said, okay, 
uh, you done with a mustache? And I said, yes, sir. It went and shaved it off. <laughs> so this is the, the next time I've had it. So I, I was pretty traumatized. Hey, it's, it's all culminated in this, which it, it looks great now. And uh, with that in mind, Trevor, in the offseason, that doesn't mean there's not big offseason news happening or at least some speculation as it pertains to what Notre Dame Athletic Director Jack Swarbrook recently said. And we want to get your opinion on his idea that by the mid-2030s, he believes a major college football realignment, a separation of sorts, is going to happen. He called it inevitable. Where do you think, or what do you think, I should say, about those comments from Jack Swarbrick? Is it inevitable? I don't know that it's inevitable. Uh, The impression I got when I read those comments were that he may be, rather than foretelling the future, be trying to to let people know what's going on. So if there's going to be a backlash, it'll happen now. It's like when Texas and Oklahoma left the Big 12 to join the SEC. It was sudden. It was just, okay, here it is, done deal, fait accompli. So I got the impression that that he wanted a national discussion. I don't know that, but that was my, my impression. But as you look at the forces that are moving now in college football, the inertia, it all has to do with money. I mean, the, the, the money from broadcast partners and sponsors has gotten bigger and bigger. But now with NIL... And with the ability to pay players, there's a whole new infusion of cash. And some schools are benefiting from that at a much higher level than other schools. And so uh, you can see big changes coming because of that separation in the haves and have-nots. But having said that, I think we can, we can look at this as the logical conclusion of what didn't happen or extension of what didn't happen 15 years ago or so when the universities could have gotten ahead of this whole NIL thing, this whole transfer portal where you don't have to sit out a year to, to transfer, all those different things, the universities did not get ahead of it. That means that the courts and politicians got ahead of it. And it's not that they have you know bad motives, it's that their motives are different from those of college football. So now what we're seeing is the effects on college football of the courts and politics leading the way instead of the universities, which I think they should have been doing 15 years ago. Now, it's interesting because it could be Division One that splits off. It could be Power 5 football only. Like, who knows, right? But yet, March Madness is super successful with a lot of schools that have nothing to do with, uh, you know, FBS or even Power 5 football. So feels like that will always exist. March Madness is too, too powerful uh, um, an event for that to ever really be broken up. Yet, maybe we're just talking about football. I'm not sure. How do you see it potentially down the road? Could there be a football-only situation here? I think that's the most likely thing, just because part of the reason for the the movement now is that football and basketball, men's and women's, is driving the finances, and then the Olympic sports are being left behind. But I don't think it will be the disaster for Olympic sports if this does move towards super conferences and all this extra money and everything else that people that some people worry about. Just because the more money that comes into the university, the more money that comes into the athletic program because of football making a lot of money. The, the more that's available for the other sports. And I think there'll be a lot of talk about Title IX, about how it's distributed between men and women athletes, about how the, the, the football is getting so much richer and the other sports really are lagging behind. But it's not a matter – well, one way to look at it is that it's not a matter for the other sports of lagging behind football. 
it's will they elevate compared to where they were before? And so I think there's going to be a lot of big changes and there's going to be a lot of forces at work who have special interests of their own. But at the same time, you know, the more money that comes into the process, I don't think is the problem. It's the way that money gets managed. Trevor, let's keep it financial now. Would it be better to just embrace all of this NIL and big money and treat college athletics as big business? Should we just embrace that idea? Yeah, I think that's happening now. I mean, when we see NIL from this past season, for example, before the season, there were people on social media that were really worried about whether or not you're professionalizing their college stars, their favorite college stars. And you can just look as an example at Alabama's Bryce Young. Right. And I'm just using him as an example here because his coach, Nick Saban, came out in a press conference and talked about, you know, seven figures NIL that he was receiving. And I, I really think Coach Saban was doing that just to make sure that recruits knew that you can make a lot of money in NIL in Alabama. Right. That's what my opinion is. But when that happened, people thought that, oh, no, I'm going to be looking at a professional athlete instead of an Alabama Crimson Tide quarterback. But once the season kicked off, I don't think anybody worried about that. They were excited to see Alabama play. And I think it'll be a similar thing here. The thing you've got to watch out for is, is who players now are beholden to. Because as NIL gets bigger and bigger, as agents and managers get involved to manage NIL, as they have the option to enter the transfer portal, even as a, you know, as a ruse to get more NIL money from the current school or the current school's boosters, as that stuff happens, who will the players really be working for? Will the coach be the final arbiter of their decision-making and their interface with football, or will it be an agent? Will it be an NIL person? So these are things that we don't know. And as football becomes the bigger business that you're talking about, these are things that just have to shake out. As fans are concerned, I think the early NIL results didn't bother fans at all. But I think if, if players start to pull strings, which they might, it might sour the fans a little bit. We're talking to ESPN College Football Analyst Trevor Matichu is a part-time mountain man as well now on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, Pat Forty in his uh, in his article also mentioned this idea: some schools who uh, the educational mission is still bigger than athletics and kind of run by academics uh, that also have athletics, but other schools athletics kind of runs it. That perhaps others could essentially be spun off while retaining the school name and branding. Theoretical example: Oregon Ducks Athletics Inc. What do you think that of that idea where maybe some schools could spin off and have its own sort of like the athletic department's not actually it's it's represented in name only maybe by the university, but makes money for it. That's a that's an interesting idea to me. Yeah, well, on the financial side, a lot of that happens now. You get some of the bigger programs that do make money and only the bigger programs make a lot of money. There's most programs are struggling financially, but the big ones that make money very often have their own budgets. They're separate from the university. They don't take any money from the university. They take their income like it's an independent business as if it were, and then they pay their expenses and then kick back money back, not kick back, but then donate money back to the university and the academic side. And so from a structure standpoint, the, the structure's kind of already there. I think the thing they've got to watch out for though is turning that kind of, Oregon Football Inc., to use Pat Forty's example, into the players don't really have to go to school. They can if they want. They don't have to if they don't want. We're just going to pay them or we're going to put that big O on their helmet. I think that will then start to diminish what made college football great because college football isn't the NFL. 
It's not the XFL or the USFL. It's not a semi-pro league from a standpoint of how fans view it. But if, if as long as players go to school and as long as there's a requirement that they move towards graduation, at least there is that one element that these are student athletes. If you take away that element as part of, you know, Oregon Football Inc. in this example, mm. then all of a sudden you change. You, it becomes like the XFL. And I don't think Oregon fans in this hypothetical would see their team play Washington and see it the same way because it's not really kids that go to school. So they've got to be careful how they would structure the, the details of it, even though the, the financial structure at a lot of schools is already in place. Trevor, you're assuming high-profile college athletes go to class? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, to a degree, and self-delusion works for me. You know, I mean, this there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of nostalgia based on what people think this ought to be. You know, college football should be what it's always been. I don't know if it's ever always been the way people hope it is. The concept of amateurism and all that. But I think that that they've got to be careful not to destroy things that make college football great. Otherwise, that cash cow could change fundamentally in a negative way. Fantastic insight from ESPN's Trevor Maddich. On a scale of 1 to 10, Trevor, how confident are you that BYU would be involved in a Power 5 breakoff, meaning that the Cougars would be on the right side of things if and when that does happen? I'd say 6, maybe 7. It depends on the Big 12 and how they do uh, from a standpoint of, of viewers and, and finances without Texas and Oklahoma and with the infusion of the new programs, which are outstanding programs, by the way, uh, not just BYU, but the others that are coming into the Big 12. So that matters because the, there's speculation that this new Super League that may be formed wouldn't be all the Power Five conferences plus Notre Dame. There's speculation it could be 30 or 40 teams, and that's it, mm-hmm. right? So for BYU, they need to continue to prove their worth as a financial cash cow to that super league that's looking to add teams well who would they want to add they'd want to add teams that make them money right and that are competitive well byu will be competitive right but the question is will they can will they make them money and that's what byu will need to prove and really what bring byu brings to the table is a national and international fan base and that will have to be maximized and marketed to college football powers in order to put byu in a good position both as a member of the big 12 or if uh, things break up in ways that are unforeseen in the future as an independent again. Trevor, let's finish with this. On April 25th, we're still a ways away from college football beginning in 2022, but we're starting to see preseason rankings trickle out post-spring, whatnot, between ESPN and SP Plus ratings, Fox Sports. BYU is typically in all of those top 25. So when the AP Top 25 comes out in August – do you believe BYU will be in the preseason AP Top 25 poll? They absolutely should be. I mean, right now in the e, in the ESPN way too early Top 25, they just came out at number 19. And I think they should be higher than that because of all the returning production. And, you know, this defense, you know, which was held together by chewing gum and tinfoil at the end of the season <laughs> just because of so many injuries, returns a lot of key players. They've got a lot of those young guys that had to play are now coming in with a lot of experience and the depth will be better on defense. Offensively, this has a chance to be one of the greatest offensive lines that BYU's ever produced. And then an experienced quarterback. I mean, this is if they can perform well at the running back position by committee or if somebody rises up to take the spot that Tyler Algier left when he went to the NFL, this BYU team should be better than it was last year. 
And so, yeah, I, I would see them ranked and I would see them ranked higher than 19 in the initial AP poll if they're paying attention. He is Trevor Maddich, and he is spreading the good word about BYU football as maybe a top 20 preseason team. Trevor, great to talk with you. Thanks so much for your time. We'll do it again soon. Thanks, guys. ESPN's Trevor Maddich on a Power 5 separation, major realignment, BYU in the preseason AP Top 25, he covered it all. I don't care if high-profile student-athletes go to class or not. That's not part of the t- – like when, when uh, you know, Bryce Young throws a touchdown pass, I don't think, man, good thing he's academically inclined. Well, it's associated directly with the university, though. So are right. you, do you, are you you're saying you're okay with separating athletics from the university? Not necessarily, but I don't, I don't care that how academic they are. I'm just – it's tied to a university, which is an academic institution. I think at some point, who knows? Maybe that goes away. I don't know. Um, yeah, is it the XFL at that point? No, it's way better. College football is awesome. Are you a college athlete if you don't go to class at a college? Well, there are a lot of athletes that don't go to class, um, yet they represent it. So I, I, I don't know. Well, that's but making a – I mean, I, they don't I, I get what you're saying. They have to be going towards graduation. They just have to be, like, minimally enrolled – to qualify under certain restrictions so that a tutor can help them so that they can get through the fall semester and then leave school and go to the NFL. Well, like that's what the re- I'm not saying at BYU. I'm yeah, I was say they're expected I'm, to do at more at BYU, BYU. Yeah, it, at BYU it's different. They, it's like different ball game. Yes, and I'm not naive to think that every student athlete at BYU is in that camp per se, but I believe that the vast majority of them are right. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just don't really care that much about how mm. academic a player is. See, if you represent a university, typically to me, just like you go to class, you represent the university. But if that is decided that needs to be separated, then we're in a different scenario. Yeah. All right, coming up. Kiki Solano joins the program talking about the all-women show tomorrow. Plus, with a million dollars on the line, which BYU athlete would you trust? <laughs> this is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk, enabling global trade for a growing world. Check out the BYU Sports Nation account on YouTube to get all the interviews and subscribe to it and share it and check out interesting segments from the show. It's uh, YouTube, BYU Sports Nation. He is Jerem. I am Spencer. This is BYU Sports Nation. To interact with the show and get content throughout the day, you can follow us on all of the major social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Shall we whip it? Indeed we shall. The Cougar Whip Around presented by Marisk, your integrated container logistics company enabling global trade for a growing world. Hunter Ava and Violet Zavodnik both have 11 dingers. Who will end the season with more? Man, that's a tough question. Uh, I'm going to lead toward Hunter by one. I think Hunter wins the home run race by one. And that's not taking anything away from Violet Zavodnik. She's incredible. I just think that Hunter is going to display a little bit more power late in the season. She's not a gatherer. She's a hunter. Uh, <laughs> let's go. Uh, yeah, but yeah, same number. Last year, Riley Jensen led with 20, but uh, Violet had three more on 17 more ABs. I think ABs are the key here, and Violet probably will have more. But Hunter gets walked sometimes. Okay. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing. Violet is more aggressive. She, she strikes out more because she swings more than Hunter. So, yeah, yeah may, maybe you're right with that. Do you like Notre Dame and BYU with a kickoff time of 7.30 Eastern, true East Coast primetime, 4.30 Pacific in Las Vegas? Yeah, because it's not 8.26 Mountain Time. So, yeah, I like it. I like any 
kickoff time that isn't 8.21 or 8.26 Mountain Time. The window is ideal, and because yeah. it is Notre Dame, they get what they want, which is national primetime. Like when, he, when Notre Dame plays on ESPN, most of the time it's 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. Like they play in that window. So I'm not surprised. I like it. Yeah. More eyeballs to see BYU pulling up sitting against Notre Dame. NBC will go, what time do you want to play? Cool. <laughs> we will accommodate. Yeah, absolutely. Trent Pratt gets ejected Saturday from the BYU baseball game against San Diego. Were we one more ejection away from seeing Jason Shepard take over as skipper, or no. how many away were we? Listen, that would require like seven more ejections. Okay, uh, I can. I think <laughs> you got to go through the whole coaching staff first of all, right? And then you just start pulling people out of the broadcast booth as well. I think Shep's right there in the dugout, though. It's true. Does he have does? <laughs> Yeah, does Tuckett Slade come down from the broadcast booth and bump Shep out of that position? I would think so. Have you ever seen the teacher's corn president lead sacrament meeting? That's what <laughs> could happen. It would go Brent Herring, Michael Bradshaw, Tuckett Slade, Noah Hill, probably Cosmo, and then Shep. And then Shep? Yeah. Yeah, so at least five. So we, we were a few moves away. Yeah, I would like to see that one day, though. Which, <laughs> which BYU athlete would you want as a security guard at the next Minnesota Timberwolves game? And I ask this because... Yeah. A Minnesota Timberwolves security guard was on the ball tackling a fan that wanted to cause some ruckus and send Which a political message. They've had and, an issue recently. Okay, he was times. he was on point. Like his explosive. She, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. It was a woman. They got tackled. No, the, the, security, the security guard was a woman. Yes, I didn't know that. Yeah. Even better. Okay, so who do you want protecting you at the next Minnesota Timberwolves game? Tyler Algier, because we know he can. Uh, Chase down an intruder and, okay. and punch out the object that's needed. We know this. Or right. Jonah Trenman. Just straight speed. Okay, well, if we're going women, I want Paisley Harding. Paisley Harding will create stitches in the opponent's yeah. face. Yeah, no, that if like we're, she got if we're choosing Gonzaga. a woman, I want Paisley Harding as my security guard tackling. Or Sarah Hampson, she just tips over. Hooligans. I love it. Hooligans. Uh, okay, million dollars on the line. Ooh. Who you got? Jimmer from three. Okay. Taysom versus Texas. Michaela Coulihan on a uh, free kick. Let's just say let's just say penalty kick. Or Taylor Sander for an eight. Oh man. Million bucks. Million that bucks. Used to, that used to mean a lot. Now everybody makes a meal, you know. Uh, Jimmer for debt for me. Jimmer from three for a million bucks. I'm all in on the Jimmer. I love James. He's great. I'll go Michaela Coulihan uh, PK man. Is yeah. Well, see the free if kick is contested. Well, if it's so- PK. I'm, I change it to be. If it's if it's like the the free kick or the penalty kick is still contested, there's still a goalie there. I'm more confident in Michaela Coulihan taking a PK than Jimmer from three. So is, is Jimmer just shooting? Really is he just shooting like an open three with no defense? Because if I that's the case, it's all Jimmer. I don't know. It just says Jimmer. From three. <laughs> if, Jimmer yeah, from if it's three. uncontested, Jimmer from three. It's pretty good. Yeah. Taylor Sander for an ace. Like again, is no one on the court? That's what the Jimmer from three is. Yeah. Is Michaela Coulan's BK uncontested? <laughs> no, the clearly there's a goalie there. Clearly there's someone yeah, we need competing to... against that person to prevent is them. Is there from a defender doing it. in Jimmer's face? And then the Minnesota Timberwolves security guard comes and tackles each of these people. Maybe we just go Taysom versus act. Texas, because all he has to do is win the game. That was pretty easy just to jump over the guy, though. Right, was yeah. that even hard? Maybe we should settle on that. Taysom versus Texas. Are we overrating that play? All he did was jump up. Super easy. Just kidding. Coming up, how will BYU fit into the potential 
breakaway of Division One athletic work. And some insight into an historic hey! all-women's production tomorrow. I know her! She's a friend from work! Kiki Solano will join us to talk about it next on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tomorrow is an all-female edition of BYU Sports Nation. Watch Kiki Solano and Kristen Kozlowski and an all-female crew as they take over the show, joined by Tegan Graham and Liz Darger from BYU Athletics. Noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. This will be Kristen's second such experience because she did so in the Utah Jazz broadcast, which made history as well. Right. I would like to, I would like to top what they did there. Uh, by okay. mentioning that it's not just the talent and the the guests I date, it's actually our crew as well. Fantastic. Which is super cool. I'm very excited about it. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station live from Studio B. Joining us to talk about the history-making production tomorrow is our own Kiki Solano. Kiki, What's nice up? to have you in Hello, Studio guys. B. Always great to join you at the desk. Okay, so it's familiar territory, it feels like. It's just natural. Walk, yeah. us, walk us through the timeline of this. When did you first hear about this, and what was your initial reaction to it? Well, I first heard about this probably about a month ago. It was brought up to me by one of our student producers. We have amazing students here, Audrey Blakely. I believe she's actually coordinating producer today. What's up, Audrey? Uh, She reached out to me and said, hey, I think this would be a great idea. Have an all-women's broadcast. I said, absolutely. That is a no-brainer to me. Let's make it happen. And so since then, we've been kind of just working with everyone, making sure we're all crewed and ready to go. And yeah. It should be awesome because you guys are awesome, and we know you, you. and we know the <laughs> students that are – like, it's going to be cool. So why is, why is this show tomorrow so important to you, to BYU Broadcasting, to BYU Athletics? What do you think? Um, I think this broadcast is so important for a lot of reasons, mainly just for what it represents, right? I mean, this is predominantly a male-dominated industry, but that doesn't mean that there's not a space for women. And actually, the way it came about was Audrey said she looked around the control room and she noticed that there was majority women, which she thought was really awesome. And so she said, why don't we make this an entire broadcast in and of itself? So to be able to do that, like you said, where you crew everyone from camera to in the control room to me and Kristen, I think that just shows and proves that there is a space for women in this industry. And Beyond that, I think this matters to everyone because it's a statement that you can be a minority in your industry, in your space, in whatever you do, and your hard work, your voice, it's valued and it matters. And so I think that's why tomorrow is really, really special to me, and I think it's why it should be special to everyone, truly. And the hope is that this becomes more regular, right? I mean, I think it's really special. Not just a one-off. Exactly, yeah. No, because we're capable of doing this. We don't – we didn't – have to go and find other students. We had them all here. We had the crew here. So it's something we're very much capable of doing. So, yeah. That's awesome. What do fans have to look forward to tomorrow in terms of content? What's going to be discussed on the show? Who are you going to be talking with? What are we looking forward to? Uh, It is going to be a party, Spencer. It's going to be a great (laughs) time. Kristen and I are ready to have fun. You guys know Kristen. She is awesome. So well-educated, so well-spoken. I'm very excited to co-host with her. So obviously we're talking all things BYU sports like you guys always do, but we're also just talking about women in sport, women in BYU sports. So Tegan Graham, I pre-recorded an interview with her. I'm really excited for that to hit air. She's she's awesome. I mean, we talk about her experiences here at BYU. We talk about her second class citizen podcast, mm-hmm. which is largely about women in sport. I mean, that's the whole point of it. 
Uh, so we talk about that and she just leaves a really powerful message for those navigating their way through something like that, uh, which I love. And then we'll have Liz Darger, which, as you guys know, she's also absolutely fantastic. She's the senior associate athletic director, but she holds a lot of other roles, too. She is fantastic. I've actually talked with her leading up to the broadcast because I want to make sure we're really doing everyone justice here if we're talking about BYU and women in athletics. And she's kind of the pro. So it's been really fun to touch base with her and get really excited about the broadcast with her. So we'll be doing that. We'll be talking about some of the top moments in BYU athletics for some of our women, which is really hard to narrow down because mm -hmm. we're just looking at this season. But there is still plenty to go around. So there's a lot to be excited about. I'm pumped. I'm pumped, too, and uh, I'm excited to point this fact out, too. You did some play-by-play -play in gymnastics this year. Yes. I believe so <laughs> you're the first uh, female play-by-play -play since Holly Rowe here. Way that back. That is Throwing huge. It back. Throwing cool. it back. Right? I love Holly Rowe, obviously. Yes. Who doesn't? But, yeah, she got her start here at BYU TV, and now she's absolutely crushing it. So, yes. yeah, thank you for uh, making that comparison to not make me feel like I have huge shoes to fill or anything. <laughs> No, but that's cool. I yeah. like that. No, she's she's great. When she I was she's a fantastic. young, uh, you know, uh, reporter here, I was working with Jay Monson. I was working with Holly. Yeah. Um, and it it was cool. So I was like, I don't think we've had a woman play by play since Holly Rowe. Not that. So not just, that I just, can just, remember. Just so. breaking Love streaks. That. Love it. Kiki, you get to work with Kristen Kozlowski, who's one of my favorite people Same. ever. She's okay? awesome. So. Uh, Having the opportunity to work alongside her, what type of opportunity is this for not just you, but for BYU fans to have her in a co-hosting role? She's done it before on BYU Sports Nation, but not right. in the all-women show. So what type of opportunity do you have to work alongside Kristen Kozlowski? I mean, I think we all should feel so lucky. When Kristen talks, you just know she knows what she's talking about. I think anytime she's on a broadcast, she elevates the broadcast. So for her to be the co-host is something I'm really excited about and something all BYU fans should be really excited about because it is. It's an opportunity for us to hear from, you know, a former player, someone who has a really tight relationship with Juddy and the whole women's basketball program. And as we look to a new coach, she just has a lot of thoughts and experiences that she can talk to and so I think that's really cool to have her on because yeah she she's in it she's been a part of it and she knows what's up Kristen yeah. I told you Kiki would say nice things about you <laughs> yes she'll there was be never any doubt later. for the record told you she would say nice things <laughs> and, about and you. shout out to previous co-hosts who have been women but we haven't done an all-women's show yeah of Kate Hansen, Lauren McLean, Lauren McLean, Lauren, and, yeah. and I believe Lauren. Kristen yeah yeah those. yep yep so pretty cool historic stuff tomorrow coming up we can't yeah. wait it's going to be fun, guys. Thanks, okay. Kiki. Promise. Thanks, Kiki. Yep. Okay, coming up, BYU's future as a Power 5 university. And a BYU TV shout-out for one of our BYU TV birthday brethren. Oh, yeah. We got some old footage to bust out. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> this portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Station, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or download the podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. Our question of the day. If there is any future breakaway in major college sports, probably college football, do you feel BYU will be part of it and the in crowd as a soon-to-be Power 5 school? Will BYU make the jump to a super League, a if you will. Super power five. Super league, yeah. Is there a super power five? Will it be? Here's my question is, yeah, if it's D1 and, and then it's power five and it's certain power five, yeah, will it be uh, 
kind of the Premier League. It's like, nope, only these teams compete at the highest level. It's like, well, shoot. Because you know it's Alabama, it's Clemson, it's LSU, it's USC, it's Oregon, it's Oklahoma, it's Texas. And it, you start piling these up, it's like, well, shoot, how many teams are going to be in that? Why don't, why don't we just 40? call it FP5, okay? Football Power 5, then there is Football Bowl Subdivision, and then there is Football Championship Subdivision. Perhaps. I feel like we can do better. But that was just <laughs> off the hip. I applaud the hustle. Um, yeah. FP5. How many are going to be in the FP5? I don't even know if we could say that phrase. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> Previous to BYU's um, entrance into the Power 5, yeah, yeah that, we, that was maybe a – a thought there at, at times. But, <laughs> yeah. Our question of the day. If there is any future breakaway, college sports, are they going to be involved? Greg Welch on Twitter says, like getting into the Power Five, getting into a breakaway will take an invitation. If the split is mm-hmm. Big Ten, Fox, and the SEC with ESPN, as the Power Two seems like BYU's chances are better with ESPN. But just eking... BYU's way into a club of 65 means BYU probably not in a lot of people's top 40. Yeah, to feel comfortable, yeah. you probably got to yeah. be somewhere regarded as like a top 40 program, right? Well, it's more than on the field. Yeah. And so BYU's just breaking into that in club. That'd be hard to crack quickly. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from Spencer Rosenhan on Twitter says, it will be like a bubble NCAA basketball team waiting oh to hear its name called on Selection Sunday. They probably deserve to get in, but who knows if they will. Yeah, that makes you nervous, so we'll see what happens. The it's, ultimate Selection Sunday. Right? It's oh, not, my goodness. It's not for like 12 years, so we got that. Okay. Today's Rise and Shoutout presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Dave McCann's birthday. Happy birthday, Dave. Dave's been with us, us being different forms. Oh, look at this video of Dave. That headset could not be bigger. Oh, my gosh. Very nice. Oh, so awesome. The Blue and White Sports Network, launched by our good friend Michael Miner way back in the day, late 80s, KBYU. Dave. I never watched a game in a a steak center, did you? Never. Because you lived in Utah, I guess. Outside of Utah, I could have, but I don't remember yeah. ever doing that. I never had to go to a steak center. The games were on KSL by the time I started watching, like, regularly in 1986. Yeah, yeah. we're probably too young. Yeah. Our thanks to today's guests, Trevor Maddich and Kiki Solano. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. I know you're graduated now, but we did run out of time. Poor Tarim. I am Spencer. Shout out to Tim Law. Remember Tim Law? Yeah. Part of the Law family. Yeah. Go Cougs. Run, Jaron, run. <laughs>